This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The following is paid commercial programming. The content and opinions expressed do not necessarily reflect those of WSSP, Intercom Milwaukee, its staff, or sponsors. From Lake Michigan to the Mississippi, and every river, lake, and field in between, let's talk everything outdoors. All aboard! <laughs> You're on the crazy train! Welcome to the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors Show. Fasten your seatbelts for a wild ride through Wisconsin's outdoors. Only on 12:50 a.m. The Fan. Well, good morning, everybody. How you doing today? It's another beautiful weekend here in Wisconsin, especially for being November 7th. My goodness, what beautiful weather. Anyway, uh, we at the Cutting Edge Outdoors come to you every Saturday morning from 6 to 8 a.m. We are live, we are unrehearsed, and you never know what's going to happen here. When I say we, I mean he's Dan Bush, and I'm Tom Neubauer. And as usual, uh, we got Sam on the boards. So if you want to get in touch with us during the show, all you got to do is call 414-799-1250. Or you can email us live at ceoguys at yahoo.com. Good morning, fellas. Morning. Good morning. So, Danny, I got an email I'm looking at that you're going to be quite interested in. And not so much from the fishing aspect side. Okay, let's hear it. All right. Somebody, yeah, somebody emailed us at ceoguys at yahoo.com. And it's interesting. It's from Jason Jabs. It says, hi, guys. My name is Jason Jabs, and I'm from the Kenosha area. I listen to your show via the podcast every week, and I love it. Since we had nice weather this week, I packed up the bike for one last ride, and I'm working my way up and down the Mississippi River. I love to fish and don't always know what I'm doing. Ha-ha. If you have time in today's show, could you guys talk about tips and anything about fishing on the Mississippi? I will be heading north from Dubuque, towards the lacrosse area on saturday thanks guys and i love the show that's from jason so you're the bike guy what do you think about that uh, i think jason's got a lot more moxie than i have i did my <laughs> 50 mile ride this summer i had one one thing you know the little in fact one of our listeners actually years ago when i was complaining about how i got dehydrated i found a a bike water bottle sitting in my boat, brand new. So thanks to our listener. And so I, I've got that on my bike, and, and I had that filled with water, but it was the hottest day of the of this summer. I mean, it was like that dangerous. And I went, by the time I hit the 35-mile mark, my legs were cramping up. I was out of water. 
Fortunately, I did manage to get to a uh, gas station and, and filled up the water bottle. I was still cramping up, so I give him credit, man. Um, if he's going that far, good job to him. Now, as far as fishing the Mississippi, many years ago, I worked on, uh, when I was working construction, road construction, we were working, I believe, just north of La Crosse, I believe uh, by Winona, Minnesota. Isn't Winona just over yeah, the over the river there, Tom? That could even be it. Yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, uh, at, uh, at, at I was talking to one of the guys who was a machine operator. He would just go down and fish offshore. There was a little bay right there, and he was catching pike. And I went down there casting a little Cleo of all things, trying to catch a pike, and I ended up with a four-pound walleye. So, you know, it, the Mississippi... It, there's a lot of great shore fishing spots um, that you can you can fish. Now, if you wanted to try and find, uh, got that Wisconsin trout map uh, that shows trout streams that run in there, you might find a, a cold water hot spot that goes on in and the big pike hang around there. But that's more in the summertime when the rest of the river is very, very hot. Right now, it's probably cool enough where that spot's not going to be a magnet anymore. But anywhere you can fish, and like Tom, I, I'm thinking... You would probably tell them like I would. Uh, keep it simple. Pack a uh, MEP spinner and maybe a spoon and, I don't know, something else. And you could chuck from shore anywhere and probably have a pretty good chance of catching something there. Well, I was going to say that I would have three sizes of jigs with me and three sizes of uh, curly tail grubs. I'd have a 32nd ounce with a 2-inch grub, the curly tail. And then I'd have a 16th ounce with a two or three inch curly tail grub, preferably a three. And then I'd have an eighth inch, I mean, excuse me, an eighth ounce curly tail grub with a four inch uh, grub. Now, the reason, I mean, I, I'm sorry, eighth ounce jig. The reason I would have those three different sizes is number one, I don't know how deep the river is going to be where Jason stops and fishes, okay? Could be two feet, could be 10 feet, I don't know. So that's why I'd have three different sizes. Number two, of course, you can catch panfish. You know, the small one for the panfish, the medium one for, let's say, larger crappies, big perch, and who knows what else. And uh, and then the the eighth ouncer for maybe the walleyes and, and, and pike would probably get bit off by a pike. But like you said, uh, having a MEP spinner with you is great. I would definitely have a MEPS with me, maybe like a size number three. But... I would, I probably would have a, like an eight or twelve pound light wire leader with it, just for the fact that, um, let's face it, those there's a lot of pike in there, and a lot of them, those small pike, you know, like we talk about, are in those shallow waters, and if you're fishing from shore, chances are he could get bit off, but if he's got that wire leader, he should be fine. But you know, it's hard to say, you know, what to do if you don't know where the person is. I mean, there could be a lot of weeds there. Then it would yeah. be nice if there was a lot of weeds to have a, a frog, you know, a fake frog. That would be great. But or, how, how many rods and reels can the guy take, Danny? You know? <laughs> well, he's probably just going to take one. I I'm know. guessing a guy would take, if I were to go, I would take a spinning rod and reel, two-piece, eight-pound uh, eight yep. line. Uh, wouldn't good. necessarily have to be braid or, uh, or floral, floral carbon, just mo mono. You could keep it simple. 
bring a little leader, but he would have to know not to use the leader when he's jig fishing. Right. And, you right. know, the other thing, too, just bring some small hooks and maybe a little bobber, and you can go along the shore, lift up a log, grab yourself a, a little worm or something, a little yep. grub, throw it on and chuck it out. Go keep it simple. Yep, that's right. The simpler, the better. And let's face it, you can't carry a lot of stuff while you're uh, riding a bike, you know. So, like, yeah. You know, I wish, I, I would like to talk to Jason, have him on the show and ask him, like, do they have bike lanes? I think that's, isn't that called a Highway 35 that goes up and down the Mississippi? Well, I thought I, it was I, Highway 35. I think maybe it is 35, yeah. But, I think, I, in fact, I think that might go all the way right up to, uh, right up to the promised land there up in Douglas County where I got my past Patterson State Park in the Superior. Yeah. I think that's 35. Yeah, and, and so, I mean, I just wonder if there's a bike lane on it or if he's, you know, taking his chances with the traffic, you know. Well, well, Tom. You know, you know how that is when you're riding the, in an area where there's, you know. There's bikes, traffic, Tom. You know? Tom, there's bike, there's bike trails all over the place. Yeah. He's not going to be on any highway all the way up there. Maybe certain s- small stretches, but there's bike trails all over the state. Uh, one thing our Wisconsin DNR has done a good job of is uh, doing that. In fact, my goal was to try and I can per- near go all the way to Madison from here. But right, that right. would have been, uh, you know, probably more than 100 miles there and back. And at 50, when that about killed me, that 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 ended my dream. But, um, yeah, there's, there's great trails all over. In fact, where I deer hunt up by Sparta, they call that the bicycle capital of the world up there in Monroe County. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah. I mean, you go into town, there's a picture of a big bicycle, and it's, it's a big deal. Yeah. Well, I wish Jason the best, and I hope uh, maybe he'll give us a call and someday and tell us how he did. Yeah. Uh, the other thing, though, he has to be careful of this time of year is uh, especially watch out that you don't, hit a deer now it might sound crazy hit a deer on your bicycle but my old friend jeff Littman, um he actually hit a uh hit a deer uh on his bike that flipped him off broke his collarbone oh wow um yeah he had called our show and talked about that years ago so yeah especially now with the bucks running and the does running <laughs> in fact uh i was up uh as you know i shot I shot my deer uh, last week, and I went up there with my brother, Tim, and uh, I showed him where I shot the deer, and he looked at it, and he goes, I can't believe you took that shot. It looks like it's 50 yards, and it's through some tree branches. But somehow I, uh, the Lord was with me and threaded the needle with the lucky, uh, it's not arrow, they call it a bolt, I guess. Yeah. But uh, anyway, he hunted, and... And uh, it's it, it's not like crazy where, you know, during the rut, sometimes a guy can sit in a stand and you'll hear stories from guys that had, you know, 10 deer run by them and three, four bucks and deers, deer running crazy. They're not running crazy right now. He did have one, uh, one doe come running by, which was kind of humorous, he said, right before dark, and it had its tongue hanging out. So it's so tired of running from that buck that its tongue is hanging out. And then he, he got ready because he knew the buck's coming and the buck comes running up. And he said had he, it stopped for a split second and had he, you know, been drawn back, he would have had a frontal shot, which isn't the greatest. But as soon as that doe saw the buck catch up, it took off running again and the buck behind it. So they're starting to run now. I, uh, I did observe 
one night I sat looking at a field with my binoculars and I saw nothing but does and little guys out there feeding on the alfalfa. And then coming up over the hill, I see the tip of an antler and then I see a head. And here comes the majestic buck up over the ridge. And it was kind of funny because all these does are out there feeding and they're totally ignoring him. He's walking around, going back and forth like he didn't know what to do. You know, he's having about as much luck as I've had lately. So he's walking around. They're all ignoring him, feeding. Obviously, none of them were in. I, I, I don't know. I guess heat is what the does go into. Uh, but then he lowered his head after about 30 minutes of him standing around not knowing what to do. Uh, he lowered his head and took off. And I looked and another little buck had come out in the corner of the field. And you want to see a little deer, a small buck, get the heck out of Dodge. That, that, that little guy, he knew better. He just got the heck out of there. And uh, it looked like a 10-pointer. Uh, it's yeah. hard to count points through a binoculars, especially yeah. when you're a guy like me who has a cheap $40 pair of binoculars. Wow. So they're starting nice to... You know, I, my, uh, my son Nick, he's hunting right now. He said if he were to get one this morning during the show, he'd call us. But, but he said his father-in-law was up in the area for a few days before he got up. And his father-in-law said that uh, he saw a lot of bucks that he would have shot, but he was waiting for that one big one. And, you know, because he shot plenty of them in his life. He's just waiting for that one big one. But he said a lot of bucks, a lot of does moving. And so, uh, you know, I'm hoping my son calls and, you know, tells us a great story. But uh, we'll see what happens, you know. They're in that, you know, where Buff, what's that county by Buffalo Lake? What is that Marquette uh, County? That, that's, uh... That, what's that? There's Buffalo Lake, isn't that Montello? Is the Montello, city right there? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's a, that's the area that he's hunting in. Yeah, yeah, a lot of lot of deer in that area. Yeah, when a lot I, of deer. you know, I would have taken my deer to Carl's Country Market where they got the world's greatest meats um, to get some, some more of those barbecue sticks made and maybe some of that Hungarian. Uh, that Hungarian um, uh, summer sausage, which yeah, Dan summer. Durbin had made there and shared with me when we were out musky fishing a couple of weeks ago. But the weather was so warm, I had to get the deer somewhere. So I took it to Wisconsin River Meats. Now, when I stopped out there and dropped my deer off, they had already, as of a week ago, taken in 300 deer plus oh, deer. Wow. I stopped in, uh, I stopped in uh, this week and just out of curiosity and i guess i was naively thinking that oh maybe they'll have it done and the lady said honey we've just taken in 400 some deer it's going to be a while and oh, wow. uh let me tell you i went back where they take the deer in and uh man there's some big bucks laying there there's some beauties oh, so yeah so some people are stuck. now's the time to get out there uh the warmer weather i i don't know if this is i still wasn't quite seeing running crazy like I expect. So maybe other hunters in other parts of the state have observed them running crazy all over the place. But um, maybe next week, maybe maybe when the weather, I don't know if it's a combination of both weather, moon phase, hormones, who knows? It's hard for people are always trying to predict the peak 
of the rut. And I I don't know if it's an exact science necessarily. Maybe one of our listeners, maybe maybe Sean Gillis, uh, our old rut report guy, could give us a call. Of course, he's probably in the stand right now, or maybe he's on Lake Michigan. Yeah, maybe somebody will give us a call and uh, tell us what they've been uh, seeing out on the out in the fields here on the on the cutting edge outdoors uh, on 12:50 a.m. The fan. Okay, welcome back. To the Cutting Edge Outdoors, thanks for listening and uh, getting on the crazy train with us for the ride this morning. A couple of things I want to congratulate Don the Muskie Hunter. I got a uh, text with a picture from Paul, better call Paul Mahalik, Muskie Master, and uh, they were out on Pewaukee Lake sucker fishing this week, no doubt, and uh, the Muskie Hunter scored a muskie, so congratulations to Don. Yeah, he's probably listening. Uh, also, our last week's winner, Sam, during the break, informed me that uh, Ray, who won the football picking contest last week, if you can call it winning a contest, Tom, uh, <laughs> the way you got that set up. Um, anyway, his certificate, he called and told Sam he, it was expired. Uh, Ray, look at the certificate if you're listening. It says void after 910 but the important part is the four uh, numbers after. 9-10-2021. We're in 2020, <laughs> not 2021. Uh, so I think, I think uh, if he's listening, uh, he, he, double check it. Um, if, uh, and if, if not, he could send me, the, send me the old one back and I'll send him the new one. But um, I'm sure that it was just because uh, I checked the stack of all of them and I just got them new this year. So there's no way it should be expired. Yeah, exactly. Uh, which reminds me, I have to go over to uh, Carl's Country Meats and uh, get some uh, uh, get some new certificates too for our, you know, uh, gut re- I mean, for our Hornswoggle. Yes, yes. And okay, get on that, will... Tom, right away. That's that's yeah. on your project list of things to do today. Yeah, I'm gonna that and trim the begonias and pick up the milk for the wife. <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, I actually, I am, I do have a job where I got to go up and check the gutters, you know, for leaves. Got to well, go up there and check those today. Tom, I, I think actually you should probably, you know, Max McGee, the famed Packer wide receiver, Super Bowl hero of Super Bowl one against Lenny Dawson and Buck Buchanan's Kansas City Chiefs, coming off the bench, hung over, one-handed catches, seven catches, two TDs. He actually died cleaning out gutters uh, on the uh, on his home, I believe, in Minnesota. Yeah, I thought um, he was on his roof. Yeah, well, he was, yeah, well, he's either on his roof or on his ladder, but he was cleaning leaves, I believe, out of a yeah. gutter. Yeah. So if you know, you got a little balance things. You know, that's a job for young people to do, Tom. Yeah. Uh, well. If if it got old Max, you know, he he used to be. I don't know if you remember, Tom. But Max McGee and I was it Jim Irwin was the uh, was the team broadcasting the Packers yeah, for years, yeah. and they were really popular. Uh, many of my friends would turn turn down the volume on the uh, TV broadcast, and they'd turn the radio on 
to listen to old Max and Jim. And Max was yeah. funny. He yeah. he was uh, he was a character. So it was fun listening to him. Now now since after they won the Super Bowl, I think that's when those guys called it quits. And uh, I guess it was when Wayne Larravee took over with um, with um, it's Larry McCarran, right? Yeah, that's, right. That's with him. Yeah. He, he of the bent finger. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I was managing the uh, gym up in Green Bay back in the day, the old uh, Wisconsin Health, and, that, and then it got changed to Vic Tanny. And Larry McCarran came in after he retired. And uh, he was asking me about fitness equipment because he was going to set up uh, a fitness facility at the Bell and Wellness Center in Green Bay in association with the hospital and uh, James River Paper. At the time they had for the people that worked at the uh, paper mill, they encouraged their employees to go work out at this fitness facility. So he, he was asking me about equipment and then he came in and he was working out just about every day. And I watched him go from 280 to being a lean I mean, he just, you know, leaned right up. You know, he didn't, uh, he, yeah. he had been yeah. bulky when he was, uh, when he was, uh, you know, playing ball, of course. And uh, he was a great, great ball player. But uh, it's really good to see him do, do well, you know, in the broadcasting. Yeah, and I, I always wondered why he never got that finger fixed. What, what, well, is, what's he got, a broken that, finger? Yeah, the little pinky finger sticks out at a 90-degree angle from his hand. It was broken in the game, and he never had it fixed. Well, maybe it's got a useful purpose for something. I don't know. I don't um, know. Maybe when he's drinking tea. <laughs> you know. Now, now he was the center. They called him the Rock. Who? Let me riddle me this, Batman. Who was a center for Lombardi's Packers? And at one time, they had a picture of his hands. Jim uh, Ringo. Uh, nope. No. Um, um, now, now I just blanked out Bowman. Um, oh, Bowman, yeah. Bowman, yeah. Was his Ken Bowman, I believe, was the yeah, center. Ken, and they had right, a picture yeah. of his hands all bloody and stuff. And I think back then, guys would tr- deliberately try and step on your hands and stuff. Oh, they did a lot of nasty things back then, yeah. Well, that's, you know, that's when Dick Butkus would get accused of spitting in someone's face in their helmet and, and, uh, uh, Paul, uh, what's his name? Paul Horning accused him of grabbing him in the gonads one time in a pile and all kinds of crazy stuff. From what I've read, that was what. Remember Frankie Bag of Donuts? No, I don't remember Frankie Bag of Donuts. No? Oh, what was his last name? God, I can't think of it. Maybe somebody will call us at 799 1250. Frankie Bag of Donuts. He was real popular. But he was known for grabbing guys in the jewels when they were in a scrum who, trying who, to get a fumble. Who did he play for? Packers. Not Frank Winters. That's it, yes. His nickname was Frankie Bag of Donuts. I think Bag of Donuts. Favre gave him that name. Oh, okay. I think yeah, Favre he was gave him a, that name. He and Chewy and Favre were all running buddies back in yeah, the day. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, now, uh, let's you know, what do we got here? We got a couple minutes, but... You know, after the break, I want I want you to tell people what you did this week when you were up north because you went up there because I think that's so important for people for guys to understand that you know a lot of these farmers don't want you on their land they don't want you know strangers out there but if you can build a rapport with these farmers and and then they'll let you you know hunt the land but in order to build a rapport instead of offering them money offer to help them do something around the farm 
because those farmers appreciate that, and you'll be able to touch on that, won't you, a little bit? Yeah, maybe a little bit. I got some other things I want to talk to about, too, as far as getting ready for the big gun season. Yeah, yeah. And, of course, fishing right now with this temperature, the water temperature went up a little bit. That's a, That has got to have turned on fish like crazy. You know, I mean, I mean, being as low as it was and all of a sudden popping up a few degrees has got to turn their metabolic rate up a little. I had a friend call me yesterday and asked me, uh, would would be would uh, the what do you call it? would uh, the Fox River up by Green Bay would that be a good place to go right now? And I said, heck yes, that's the place to be right now. If you're if well, you're looking for walleyes and other fish, that would be a great place. Tom, Tom, being as you've been a little more stationary lately, I did take it upon myself to do a classic Tom Newbauer bridge report. So <laughs> yesterday, in driving across, you know, it was such a beautiful day yesterday. Uh, I, I remember the Super Tramp song, "Take the Long Way." Yeah, uh, yeah. That take song always goes, home. "Take the Long Way." Yeah, that song always goes through my mind on a beautiful sunny day, and instead of going on the interstate, I turned off the interstate at Mauston and headed to the Petenwell first, and then the Castle Rock flowage. And oh, let me oh. tell you, it's a beautiful, the water was flat calm. I went and found a boat launch by the, uh, I guess it's, they call it the Yellow River Wildlife yep, yep. Area. It's actually, you can actually hunt there. And they've got a boat launch right there. And I saw a boat out there fishing in the in the stumps. I wondered if they were bass fishermen. or I was actually jealous of them out there. Then uh, I... Uh, I tried to find the Pete and Well Landing where we where I went years ago and I had gotten a report from those guys. We we had called them years ago, but I couldn't find that. I went over to Castle Rock, used my news. You know, Tom, these smartphones are just great. You can just go bait shops and Google it and and then just go to and it gives you you got a little girl talk a girl's voice going go uh, east. For, go right 14 miles, then go left on County E, talking you all the way to the spot. And I, so I drove to the Castle Rock uh, Dam, I guess. Have you ever been there? There's a bait shop, and I know you've been a lot of places. Yeah, I've, I've been there. Okay, so it's beautiful. They got, uh, of course, they got the uh, uh, launch there. They got a bait shop, and there are all kinds of boats out there fishing. And I could see them pulling in walleyes. Not real big ones, but they were pulling some in. Uh, the bait shop is closed for the year, unfortunately. I wanted to go in and talk to them, see if we could get a report. But um, the bait shop had a lot of pictures of uh, big muskies and guides, banners, and so forth. So I'm guessing they get walleyes and muskies. And they got a beautiful shore fishing spot, beautiful beach there, place Troy Woodrow would like. Because uh, there was a guy sitting on a lawn chair, chilling out in the sun, had his rod holder in the sand. And it actually has a sign as you drive in where it marks the shore fishing spot specifically for people. So I'm guessing in the spring and stuff, that must be lined with anglers. Yeah, it must be. I'll tell you about the Yellow River when we come back. Uh, we got to go to a quick break. But, but when we come back, we're going to do the gut report first. And then we'll talk a little bit more. And uh, about stuff that we're talking about. Uh, well, I'd, I'd like to hear about the Yellow River, Tom. Well, it's not. it doesn't take as long as one of your stories. It's just that I fished it for bass, and all I caught were walleyes. Well, anyway, right. And that's it. <laughs> but uh, uh, anyway, I'll, I'll tell you a little bit more about it later. We'll be right back, folks, with more of, this, of the Cutting Edge Outdoors. Come here, I'm going to eat you! 
I'm bigger than you. I'm higher in the food chain. Get in my belly. The Gut Report is brought to you by Discount Liquor. <clears throat> well, you know, quite a few people have been getting some uh, nice salmon down at the lake. And here's a, a interesting uh, a recipe from Captain Angelo Trinidou. Uh He has the charter. i got to flip this thing over real quick if I can do it. Yeah, his boat is called the Fishing Bug. He's out of Racine. Anyway, Captain Angelo says, grease a baking dish with butter. And then I, I personally, by the way, folks, would take the skin off the salmon fillets. Then lay your salmon fillets in the baking dish and uh, lightly salt, pepper, and garlic powder to taste. Then baste them with ketchup and sprinkle with oregano. Bake at 350 degrees for 20 minutes or until the fish flakes with a fork. And there you have another tasty salmon recipe. And we're going to have to get to some of Bushy's recipes because people, uh, I think, are catching some of those right now. But anyway, um, it's Discount Liquor's 60th year in business, and no other liquor store has been local and originally family-owned for that many years. There's a reason why they've been in business that long. Price, service, and selection. So if you're looking for weekly specials, and they are special, go to DiscountLiquorInc.com. Welcome back to the Yellow River Cutting Edge Outdoors. That should be a song. Yellow River, coming through the trees. Hey, so what's your story on the Yellow River, Tom? Oh, it wasn't much of a story, no. Oh, come uh, on. years ago, I was fishing uh, the it was, uh, Wisconsin State Bass Championships, and it was on the Castle Rock Flowage, which is not the greatest place in the world for bass fishing. And... Uh, I thought the Yellow River looked quite inviting because, I mean, there's stumps, there's lily pads, there's weeds, uh, the water anywhere from two to four feet. You know, I figured, hey, there, there should be plenty of bass in here. Never caught a bass. All I caught were little walleyes. So, but I did end up finding bass. But, yeah, very, very interesting, though. Very huh. interesting. It, it looks like a real uh, beautiful body of water, however. Um, and uh, the Yellow River... Uh, I believe has muskies native to it, um, from what I understand. In fact, I think the Yellow River actually flows out of a lake called Yellow Lake. <laughs> I, I believe so. My that dad's cousin, be, I, I think, know. had a had a cabin on it years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I don't. I'd, that's very possible. Yeah, I'd uh, maybe one of our listeners can inform us. But you know those rivers, Tom. I think rivers are probably the most overlooked uh, fishery that there, I mean, as far as bodies of water, compared to lakes. Lakes tend to get a ton of people. I mean, rivers just wind and go for miles, and there's an adventure around every corner. So yeah. I guess if there's a, uh, if there's kind of a uh, uh, goal, one of my uh, retirement goals in mind is to uh, maybe explore some of those little rivers. You well, can get some big fish. Did you? I don't know if you happened to see the Larry Smith show last week, but yes, I, I did. Matter okay. of fact, I I sent him a text like and said, "Good show." In that day, on that on that river up by Ashland. What's that? They caught like seven muskies on that river up by Ashland. 
Yeah, yeah, I saw him. Yeah, yeah it I wasn't saw him. a big river either. No, no. In fact, uh, Troy Woodrow, uh, I, he knows exactly where they were at because he actually went with a guide uh, one time on that river. And I forget the name of it, um, but he knows. And he went with a guide years ago with his dad. And I think that was when his dad was into this fly fishing craze, trying to catch a muskie. And uh, I, always, I, always, I always tried to tell him, well, you know, maybe a, a small river would be better or in the spring early with, you know, with the, when the fish are shallow. Uh, but he tried, and it was really cold, miserable, terrible day, and they didn't get anything. But... Yeah, Larry, I, I sent him a text, said, good good show. So, um, yeah, he did. Uh, looks like they were having a great time. You know, he said, you know, I think they caught, what, seven, Tom? I, I think it was seven, maybe eight, and they missed another four, five, or six, you know. so. Yeah, I've, I've had days similar uh, out on Pewaukee trolling over the years. I've had a few days, I think six fish days and five fish days and couple lost. Uh, best day this summer was, uh, let's see, we got four fish and lost two all in the, uh, all in about an hour and a half. It was a brief flurry of activity and all in that same size range. Uh, they weren't getting any real monsters. Um, I think they got a couple over 40 there, um, as, as I recall. But yeah, hitting those rivers, I'll tell you what. Um, it looks like it'd be just a blast if you're just going down a little lazy river like that, drifting suckers. It doesn't look any better than that. Yeah, and it looked like a beautiful day, you know, and the water was calm and it was just a, a real easy float. That looked really nice. I, I would like to do that. That that looked really interesting. Yeah, and, and speaking of rivers, you know, right here, southeastern Wisconsin, we got that Milwaukee River, and uh, oh, yeah. there's opportunities there as well. Now they catch uh, they catch the uh, um, smallmouth bass, of course. Um, you know they hit that pretty heavy, and um, but they also, I believe, get steelhead there in the spring. Yeah, so and a lot of crappie too, uh, further north on the Milwaukee River. A lot of good crappie fishing too, and so northern you t- pike, pike, oh, smallmouth oh, what? crappie. Hmm? Okay. What area are you talking about then? Uh, north. Oh boy, that'd be north of the city of Milwaukee, up by like Grafton area. I think it is. Okay, that Cedarburg Grafton yeah, area. Cedarburg, yeah, that's it. Yeah, Cedarburg Grafton area. Yeah, up in that area. Yeah. Crappies. Yeah, big wow. ones. I hear. Yeah. I never. A guy would never guess that. Yeah, uh, no. It, I've never gone up that far and done that. Uh, I've talked to people who have. I never have. We we would just wait in the the river here, uh, you know, in our area, and catch a lot of smallies. But you know, they were all little guys, you know. Uh, so, well, that's uh, but it was uh, that's fun. Wh- it was fun. That's where uh, uh, Bill Schultz does a lot of his fishing for smallmouth on that yeah, river. Yeah, yeah, you catch a lot of those little, you know, five, six, seven inches, maybe an eight incher, but. Yeah. I, I think you can get some bigger ones now. I think Horton's got some, some well, pushing well, into in the... Well, in the area that we used to fish, I, a big one would be like 12 inches, you know. That would have been a big one. Uh, but it was just fun walking in the river because it wasn't deep, you know. And, now, uh, would, yeah. would some of those would some of those smallmouth... Um, I mean, what, what is there a size limit on those smallmouth there? I, You know what? I'm sure there is. I think at the time we were doing it, I think the limit was... 12 or 4 it had to be 12 or 14 inches because as a matter of fact one time my son chris 
saw us. He was down there with a friend of his, and he saw some guys keeping, you know, like nine, ten inchers. And so he called the DNR and told them. So he was out there the following week, and he's in the, you know, walking along casting and that. And the DNR guy shows up, but he didn't know he was a DNR guy. He just looked like a regular fisherman, and he asked him how he was doing. And Chris said, yeah, just fine, you know. And he says, oh, you keeping any? No, he says, they're all too little, you know, just having fun catching them. And then the warden showed him his badge, and he said, yeah, we had reports of people keeping them. And my son said, yeah, that was me. I called, <laughs> you know. So, but at least they do show up, you know, if you tell, if you call and tell them, you know. Yep. Uh, I guess we got a caller, Tom. Oh, great. Who, who do we got there? Randy and Grafton. Oh, hey, Randy. How's it going? Well, you said uh, when I lived in, on the Milwaukee River in Grafton, biggest crappie ever caught was right off of my shore under a, um, under a tree. Um, so, yes. Never caught a lot of them, but in that area, um, we also ice fish for northern pike, plenty of pike, but biggest crappie, and I caught it off of <laughs> a, a pretty large fluorescent orange rapala, joint oh. rapala. Uh, I just lure you'd think you'd catch a crappie on, but uh, there are some big ones in there, and only a few people really targeting them. Yeah, huh. that's, true. that's true. Any size on the pike, Randy? I uh, know, no typical river pike, but uh, it was just a unique experience. And and up around there, um, the other side of the river was all protected. It was uh, an enjoyable float to do, but uh, mostly uh, more northern pike up there, uh, not big ones. You could hit days where you had a fair amount of action, but uh, it was kind of unique ice fishing for them. I, Never saw anyone else out there, but uh, you you get an activity. Huh. Well, that sounds like a fun place for a kid to go throw a daredevil offshore. Yeah, I mean, uh, I uh, I lost our little boat uh, when flooding occurred, but um, there's many places you can launch in Thienesville. Um, a popular place that uh, you guys mentioned, Grafton, um there's quite a few uh, guys fishing. I think it's off of Falls Road. Um, so, um, yeah, if you get out there, uh, the rivers, especially Milwaukee River, offers a lot of opportunity for, uh, especially bass. you got to work at getting the northern pike. All right. Well, thanks right. for that Good input, tip. Randy. Thanks, we Randy. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks. And uh, you know what's coming up next, don't you, Danny? The Hornswoggle segment. That's right. The Hornswoggle brought to you by Carl's Country Market over there on Silver Spring and Pilgrim Road. So uh, you can win a $10 gift certificate to Carl's if, if you win the Hornswoggle. So call now at 799-1250. That's 799-1250. Be a contestant in the Hornswoggle. Hornswoggle right here on 1250 AM, The Fan. Sam, good job, my friend. Yeah, I like it. Welcome back to the uh, Cutting Edge Outdoors. I'm Dan Bush, along with Tommy the True Newbauer. We want to thank all of our listeners out there and uh, pray that you're well and healthy and enjoying the fall. 
Uh, we also especially thank the uh, law enforcement officers out there protecting us. We support you 110%. And uh, as long as everybody were to just comply with the law enforcement officers, we'd have less problems in this world. Uh, also, first responders, healthcare workers, military, all those people out there supporting us. Uh, thank you. We appreciate what you do. And now with our Hornswoggle segment, do we have a contestant? Yes, we have Bruce from Muskego today. Bruce from Muskego. How you doing, Bruce? I'm doing great. Yeah, good morning, Bruce. All right. So if you're ready to be a lucky wiener today, then you'll get a certificate where you can get some wieners or sausage at uh, Carl's Country Market. In fact, Tom, uh, I've got the list that I got from them last year. And, man, they've got a list list of things. they got that Hungarian summer sausage, jalapeno cheese summer sausage, pepper jack summer sausage, uh, pepper jack summer sliced, smoked cheddar worst, smoked Cajun wiener, snack ticks, Tex-Mex sticks, barbecue sticks. I mean, they got, and then what's Land Jaeger? Land Jaeger. Uh, you know what that is, Tom? It, I don't know. It doesn't sound right. <laughs> Land Jaeger. Land Jaeger. I'm Land sure Jaeger. it's not. It's L-A-N-D-J-A-E-G-E-R. Uh, some, yeah. Some, Land Jaeger. Somehow, yeah, somehow I don't think it's Land Jaeger. I think it's Land Jaeger. Right. Um, just like Juan is not pronounced Juan. <laughs> so anyway, uh, maybe somebody with our listeners knows what, what the heck that is if it's good. But anyway, let's go with the Hornschwaggle contestant. And here we go, Bruce. So first one, um, marsupials. Marsupial, marsupials are um, animals, that mammals that generally have their young develop in a pouch. Uh, Australia, New Guinea, and South America are the main areas of the world where marsupials are found. The possum, or opossum, however you want to say it, is the only representative that occurs north of Mexico. Hornswoggle or no hornswoggle? Hornswoggle. That's a no hornswoggle. No hornswoggle. Okay, so now no pressure or anything, but you got to go two for two on these next two. Okay. The fox, the wily red fox, the fox got its name after nobleman Sir Alfred Fox in the 1700s who used to hunt him all the time. Hornswoggle or no hornswoggle? Hornswoggle. Hornswoggle. <laughs> yeah, who could who could forget old Sir Alfred, Alfred Fox, man? That guy, you talk about shooting fox. It, it, his picture's next to it, man. I could get some fox. Okay, next one. You got to hit this one now. Um, let's see. Fox pups. In fact, uh, I'm bringing this up because I saw a cute little red fox pup hunting by the side of the road by a ditch out there near uh, near uh, McQuanago, I guess, the other day. It was really cute little guy. Middle of the day, I don't know what happened. Mama must have died, but he was looked like he was hunting mice. Uh, but the fox pup can sometimes have something to fear from a bird of prey. The great horned owl can be a threat to fox pups. Hornswoggle or no hornswoggle? Hornswoggle. That's a no hornswoggle. Mm. That's a no hornswoggle. Gee, yeah. so the great horned owl can sometimes take a small thing. So sorry about that, Bruce. Uh, y y give a call next week. Uh, if you, you know, we normally say we try and have the same. We, we try not to have the same contestants every week and give it right, a little good. time if you're a winner. But you can feel free to call again next week and try and win then. Thank you. All right. All right. Bruce. Thanks.
Take care. I just want to let people know that uh, Carl's Country Market does do deer and bear processing. So if uh, if you have one and you're coming into town, you can always take it over to Carl's Country Market. So just want to let. Oh, and also another one, since my son Chris is going out to Dave's Turf and Marine this morning, he's going to have a swing tongue put on his trailer. Um, Dave's Turf and Marine does winterizing and boat storage. So. Just remember, if you if you need that done, they're available. So, and that's about all I got on those reports. And that's all I got to say about that. Okay, uh, <laughs> let's see. Was that Forrest Gump? Yeah, that's all I got yeah, to say I think about he that. Said that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, a couple of different things. Uh, there's going to be a walleye virtual meeting. Wisconsin DNR, November 17th, I believe. So you could go to the DNR website if you want to participate in that. And uh, I believe in December they're going to start having those uh, county deer advisory meetings uh, where they start looking at the population and start talking about goals for next year. Um, So I guess uh, to be on those, it's by county. So, like, if you live in Waukesha County, or Waukesha County, as our friend Al Shook likes to say, and you wanted to be on that uh, council, um, um, you you can if there's an opening. But apparently, according to the DNR, there's a lot of seats open in different counties. So if you want to be part of the decision-making advisory group, get a little bit of citizenship input, um, you know, democracy at its best there, Tom. You can uh, try and do that. Uh, also, they're having some talks as well about Lake Superior, lake trout uh, quotas or harvest levels, bag limits, and Cisco. And because uh, apparently the lake trout and the Cisco have a symbiotic relationship, Tom. Big yeah. word there, huh, Tom? Symbiotic. You like that? Um, where the lake trout feed on the Cisco up there. So apparently there's some meetings about that as well. I was going to say also that, uh, you know, I I read a report that uh, the gray wolf is going to be delisted starting in 2021. And so there might be a uh, there might be a hunt coming up. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't I wouldn't get my uh, hopes too up on that, Tom, because, you know, as soon as it's delisted, somebody files an injunction and finds some liberal judge somewhere to re re-injunction it or whatever you want to call it and yeah, next yeah. thing you know it goes right back and up oh, can't have a hunt again so um yeah so i don't know i don't know you know another threat to deer i know a lot of people don't like don't like uh wolves but you know the coyotes uh or some people i call them coyotes i don't know people go coyote i you know well i don't know i it, i guess they watch wiley coyote on on, on cartoons I call them coyotes and out west I think they just call them yotes but anyway they do a number on deer as well um, I was walking uh, walking through a marsh the other day and uh, I'd seen a, I actually had seen some crows in a bald eagle fly off so I knew something was there and uh, sure enough I found a fawn and you know at this time of year you say a fawn it's not like Bambi with a bunch of little spots on it um, but I found a fawn, little deer, and they had pretty much, man, you tell, you talk about clean something up. Oh my gosh, there's nothing but gleaming white bones of the rib cage. I mean, they pretty much, 
I mean, they, they, they clean it up and they'll probably come back and get more later because the head was intact yet. But it's amazing what they can uh, what they can do. And I'm, I'm guessing that you get enough of them together, they can, yeah, they can catch and pull down a small deer. Oh, sure. I'm sure they can. And I'm sure matter, they do a number on them. So. Well, matter of fact, another thing in Wisconsin that um, used to be a problem that I know of was uh, dog packs where you get a bunch of farm dogs and, and a beagle runs off uh, this farm and a, a collie runs off this one and uh, uh, a, a lab runs from this one and they all get together. And when they all get together into a pack, all of a sudden they all become back, they relate back to going wild and uh, they become like native again. And uh, my uh, uh, brother was actually bow hunting years ago when he actually um, saw a, a deer come racing by and a pack of dogs was after it. Wow, how about that? Yeah, and it's kind of comical. You see the bunch of the big dogs and in the back here comes some little beagle or something <laughs> running <laughs> with them. a poodle one day. <laughs> Yeah, in fact, I, I don't know if it's legal or not to shoot those dogs if they're running deer on your property or not, but seems to me I heard something that back in the day that it uh, it actually was considered okay to do that. Yeah. Again, don't take my word for it, or well, don't right tell now, anybody, but they right shouldn't be running our deer. Top of the hour, so uh, folks, stay tuned. we got another hour to go. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back right here on Sports Radio 1250. AM the fan. The following is paid commercial programming. The content and opinions expressed do not necessarily reflect those of WSSP, Entercom Milwaukee, its staff, or sponsors. From Lake Michigan to the Mississippi, and every river, lake, and field in between, let's talk everything outdoors. Aboard! <laughs> You're on the crazy train! Welcome to the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors Show. Fasten your seatbelts for a wild ride through Wisconsin's outdoors. Only on 1250 AM, The Fan. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Thanks for hanging around for the second hour with Dan Bush and myself, Tom Neubauer. Sam Schmitz is on the board, so when you call him, be nice to him. He's over at the studio all alone. You can get in touch with us here at the Cutting Edge Outdoors by just calling us at 414-799-1250, or you can email us live at ceoguys at yahoo.com. As a matter of fact, we do have an email right now, Danny, and our good friend, Ron Heidenreich, was letting us know how to pronounce that name that we thought was Land Jaeger. Well, he said it's pronounced, you don't pronounce the D or the J, so it's, and, yeah, so it's Lan or Lan or Lan Jaeger. Lan Jaeger. Lan Jaeger. I guess Well, you still it. pronounce Lan a J, Jager. you do it like a Y, like with Juan. Yeah, Lan Jaeger. Lan Jaeger. <laughs> Well, we got that cleared up now. Okay. Thanks, Ron. <laughs> not to be mistaken with a lawn jogger who runs across your lawn in his jogging right, shorts. Right, right. So we got a, I guess we got a big mic on hold here, Tom. So we're okay. going to go to our caller. Hello, Hi, Mike. Good morning, Dan. Hey, Mike. Good morning. Morning. How are you? Good. Good, good. What's uh, on your mind, Mike? 
Hey, I guess it just depends on what side of town you're from, how to pronounce that. You know, if you're from, like, the south side of Milwaukee, it might be called Landjager. However, if you look it up, it's a German flat-snick edible. And uh, believe it or not, Dan, you actually had some last year. I did. You but... did. Actually, you were hunting with me. Oh, and, and oh yeah, right. Yeah. And then and that's that's. I remember you had that, and we had that after yeah. we got out of the woods by the back of your truck. Um, yeah. Yeah. So well, I'd like to know what it is. Tell him. Tell him, Mike. It's like a flat uh, snack stick. Uh, it's, it's a German a, recipe. It's a what? Research on it. I, like I a, didn't a understand snack. that. You want to do that again? A, a snack stick. A smelt uh, stick. Instead of like you know, the round stick that's flat, it's got a little bit of a heavier casing on it. Wait a minute. Did you say a smelt? Snack stick. Snack. Snack stick. Snack, Tom. Snack. Oh, I, snack. well, we got a bad actually, connection. Didn't understand yeah, it. Snack actually, stick. Okay, got it. Yeah, got it. they're actually very good. Um, and uh, the history behind it is that hunters back in Germany used to make it and leave them in their coat pocket, and it wouldn't, uh, it wouldn't decay, and they could leave it in your coat pocket for a couple of weeks. <laughs> wow. Wow. That sounds what perfect for a guy stuff? like me. Yeah, you yeah. know, because, you know, you, after the, you, the spring, you get all the thing ready to go. I'll say, oh, there's my sandwich from last year. Yeah. Hey, hey, Mike, uh, I was talking to Al Shook the other day, so we're going to have to get out and try and blast some pheasants here again this year. And uh, have you seen any deer yet bow hunting? Yeah, you know, it's funny. Last night I was, I was out, and uh, <clears throat> it was about uh, 4.30 or so. Had a doe come across the marsh, and it just stopped at about 80 yards and was looking north from where I was sitting up in the tree, and, and it, it didn't move for like 10 minutes, and I'm like, it's got to be moving. I kind of looked to the right, and there's a, a little fork buck maybe about 60 yards from me. So I started to grunt at him a little bit, and he would grunt back. We got into a little grunt-snort-wheeze battle. <laughs> I would grunt at him. He would grunt back at me. He'd stomp his foot on the ground. Then I give him a grunt and a snort and a wheeze. We went back and forth for about five minutes. I, I almost fell out of my tree stand laughing. You know, it, it's funny that you that you mentioned that. Um, when I when I was watching uh, that big buck across the field uh, this week, when I was sitting by the farm and I saw big ten point come out, it actually at one point walked to the edge of the woods and looked up and put it started stomping its foot. Uh, and I couldn't hear it, but that was yeah. a little bit later that little buck came out that it ran off. So I'm sure that's what it was probably stomping its foot at um, yeah. in, in making all that noise. But, you know, that little guy, you know, it's probably a, a little one that talks big but knows better than yeah. to come running in there because he just might get his get his butt kicked. <laughs> that was fun to watch, though. It was a good time. Yeah. Well, that's so. That sounds good. Stay in touch. Give me a call when you want me to come help you, Drag. I'll be around next week. All right, Dan. Sounds good. Have a great show. All right. Take care, Mike. Yeah, Tom. Uh, that's Mike. I used to work with Mike many years. Oh, okay. All back right. Back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll tell you, Mike, Mike is deadly with a shotgun. Um, you know, between him and Al Shook. Now, Al Shook, he's kind of trigger happy. He's like, he shoots at pheasant like you shoot at flushing woodcock or grouse. Uh, it's just bang. Well, Mike's just about as bad. And uh, between the two of them, I've seen a few pheasants get totally obliterated. <laughs> and I mean obliterated. <laughs> I mean where it's nothing but kaboom and nothing but a pile of feathers and in the skin of a bird coming down with no meat. 
Yeah, so, that's usually what happens when you uh, shoot them when they're too close, you know? Oh, my God, those yeah, guys, wham! It's <laughs> like, geez, you guys, let it get out there a little bit. <laughs> yeah, one, one, of the, one time I was hunting with a, some friends of mine, well, with their family, with one friend of mine and his family, and these guys were, well, let's put it this way, they'd, they didn't practice the finer etiquettes of pheasant hunting that you would expect. Well, anyway, and I was at the end of the line, and this pheasant came up. Every, I swear to God, there were like seven or seven of us there. Right. And every one of them shot at that bird, that poor bird. It would be coming down, another few rounds would hit it, go up a little bit, down, up, down. And then after it fell to the ground, after it had been hit probably a half a dozen times, the one guy says to me, he says, you want this one, Tom? Uh, yeah, right, get out of here. <laughs> did, Tom, did, did you even fire a shell at it? No, no. It, it, it had been hit so many times. <laughs> it, was, it was actually kind of funny, but it's like, you know, if you just don't keep shooting it, you know, I mean, especially if you want to eat them, you know. Well, so. I've, I've, I've told you about the time my dad, when he was young, uh, and probably maybe in his teens or early 20s, he was hunting with my Uncle Don up there in Douglas County, and uh, Doak ran across the field, and he had his 3030 Model 94 Winchester, and uh, he shot like seven times at it, and they went in the woods, and they found it laying in the woods, and it had been hit like five times. And my dad, my dad said, well, I can't believe it didn't drop back there. And my Uncle Don said, you didn't give it a chance to fall down. So, uh, yeah, that was kind of like that pheasant. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> Open up on it. So, yeah. Yeah, I um, was always, when it came to pheasant hunting, you know, when I learned to pheasant hunt and, you know, shooting shotguns at birds, it was like I had a, a, a single shot crack open. I think it was a Winchester and it was a single shot, right, shotgun, and you only had one shot, so it's like you better make it good. So when the bird would come up, I'd follow it, I'd aim, and then I'd fire, you know, and, and I did pretty good on them. But when I started hunting with some friends of mine, they were very fast, you know, the bird would come up, boom, shoot it right away, you know, and, and I never got many shots that way because I was always going to take my time, you know. And well, they were Tom, always, you know, right out of very fast. And I, I, well, I just wasn't used to that. Yeah. Well, that's exactly the way it is when I'm when I'm up. I, I don't try it. The only time I really snap fast is like if a woodcock or a grouse went up. But I'm yeah, like you. Yeah. I like to, uh, you know, I'm just a second or two slower than the other guys that they're they're like, like I said, it's like, oh, boom. Uh, I yep. like to, you know, take my time and take a good shot just like you. But uh yeah, but you might not get a shot. <laughs> so, yeah. But I'll <laughs> well, tell you what, you know, Al Shook is deadly. So, I mean, he, he just uses like a 20-gauge and 28-gauge to give me a chance. Uh, but he still whacks them surprisingly far, too. And Mike's really good as well. Mike has a 12-gauge, so that's what, boy, when he hits one square, that's when uh, Al calls it, uh, what, South Dakota, North Dakota snow, I think, when those feathers are flying off, you know, mm -hmm. drifting all over the field. Yeah, this one friend of mine, he, when he got a 20-gauge, he actually became a, a much better shot uh, with the 20-gauge, uh, under and over 20-gauge, than he did with his 12-gauge. And I think it was because of the weight, and it was easier to get in his shoulder. 
I think just the way it was made uh, for him, you know, made him a better shot with a 20-gauge than a 12. You don't always need all those pellets, you know. Right, and uh, the thing is, a lot of those over-unders, doubles, 20-gauge, lightweight, not super long. Now, I've got a 28-inch barrel on my pump, which I kind of like my old Remington 870 Express. I mean, that's a crescent wrench of a of a shotgun. I mean, you can drop that in the mud and take it out and hose it off in your front yard. Uh, it's a great, and for shooting at geese, uh, you know, I got it. I got the three uh, choke tubes. I've shot geese. I've shot turkeys with it. But if you're just going to hunt birds, those doubles seem pretty nice. And they've, I believe they've got shorter barrels. I think it's more 24, 26-inch barrel. And that's why, you know, guys like Al are so good with them. They're just, they practice a lot. They shoot a lot of trap. And they're, you know, uh, you know they, they just get lightning fast and, and deadly with them. So I guess that, uh, that is the way to go, I guess, if you're really going to bird hunt, get one of those good doubles. And I think that if you can't hit it in two shots, that bird deserves to live. Yeah, I agree with you. We'll be right back, folks. Stay tuned for more of the Cutting Edge Outdoors. He's Dan Bush. I'm Tom Neubauer, and we'll be back in just a couple of minutes. First and goal. Rodgers hangs in the pocket, throwing into a lot of traffic, and it's caught with a touchdown. Milwaukee's home for Packers fans. Go, Pack, go! 12.50 a.m., The Fan, a Radio.com sports station. Good times are waiting for you at Curly's Waterfront Pub in Pewaukee. Weekly specials include Monday, wings, Tuesday, tacos and free darts, Wednesday, ribs and bingo, Thursday, sliders and trivia night. Fridays, enjoy a great fish fry, and weekends, enjoy pitcher of beer and pizza specials. Saturday nights feature live music. Curly's Waterfront Pub in Pewaukee is the place to be for a heck of a great time. Peak Power Services, servicing all your commercial backup power needs. Peak Power, the strength to back you up. For more information, go to peakpowerservices.com. Price, selection, and service are the reasons you should go to Discount Liquor for all your adult beverages. Discount Liquor is located at 51st and Oklahoma in Milwaukee and at Main Street in Barstow in Waukesha. Hard-to-find items are not so hard to find at Discount Liquor. Let the courteous staff help you find the right wine, beer, or liquor from the huge selection. Go to DiscountLiquorInc.com for weekly specials and more information. That's DiscountLiquorInc.com. Welcome back to the Cutting Edge Outdoors. I'm Dan Bush, along with Tommy, the true Neubauer bass fishing expert extraordinaire, except he couldn't catch him on the Castle Rock or Yellow River there. They got nothing but walleyes during that championship. Well, and Tom... Well, um, wait a minute, wait a minute. That okay. was just on the Yellow River. I ended up catching plenty of bass and won the Wisconsin State Championship that year. Oh, okay. There so. we go, Tom. I, you <laughs> know, I was kind of disappointed there hearing about the Yellow. Yeah. Okay, this is Dan Bush along with State Bass Champion oh, Tommy the True Neubauer. <laughs> was that like State Champion 1963? Oh, God, it's way too long ago to even remember. Come on, Tom, what year was that now? 80s, right? 1980. 1980. 
That's a long time ago. Yeah, I was still just, uh, I, was, I didn't even own a boat. I was just, uh, what, uh, 20 years old, uh, check, tw- chasing chicks at that time. So back when uh, you were winning trophies and shaking hands and kissing babies and meeting, meeting the governor and meeting, uh, what, Bob Dole? Didn't you meet Bob Dole, Tom? Yeah, yeah, I fished for trout with him, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah t- now, now, what, you guys, tell us the story again. That was kind of funny. You're fishing in, like, the little trout, th- trout, trout thing at the state, uh, whatever, the sports show? Well, it, it was at uh, the, the uh, sports show, the Milwaukee sports show, when it was downtown. And uh, this guy comes up to me, and, you know, they wanted a, a, a photo op of him mingling with the common folk, you know. At the at the sports show, and they wanted to have some pictures taken over at the trout pond. So they came and asked me to be the the person fishing with them. Well, and, you're not uh, common folk, though, Tom. You're celebrity. No, I was a common folk. But anyway, okay. and uh, so the Secret Service come over though, and they start patting me down, thinking that I'm carrying an Uzi or something. I don't know, but anyway, but they pat me down and. Uh, feeling in areas that only my wife should be feeling in and uh anyway and find and a pack course, of smokes yeah and then those <laughs> those guys are i mean they're they're packing you know they got all kinds of weaponry with them anyway so uh you know we we go over to the trout pond and i eat i meet uh, senator dole and you got to shake his left hand because his right hand is kind of screwed up from the war and um anyway so we were had our you know little cane poles in the water there trying to catch a trout only 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 for like a minute or two and i said to him you know the fish were not biting and i said senator dole i said i i don't think these fish are, are gonna bite today and he said hmm must be democrats <laughs> <laughs> and then then the then the secret service whisked them away and that was it <laughs> that was it that was your that was another one of your five minutes of fame so hey yeah. you're talking about trout pond interesting yesterday as i was driving uh taking my drive through wisconsin's beautiful north woods and you know what i'd encourage somebody uh, getting in your car and go drive up north today and take even though the main color is over uh it's still beautiful on a sunny yeah. day just driving up north and driving over the lakes and rivers and streams you always look and wonder what kind of fish are in there and then i like to stop at little bait shops our friend troy woodrow likes to do the same just stop in and browse and and you go into these little bait shops and they normally got some hunting stuff there as well you'll see pictures of all the you know fish caught and and game harvested on normally on a wall kind of like Smokey's musky shop was years ago john had polaroid pictures all over the place of fish and i stopped at a little place called b h trout fishing and bait shop and yeah. it's uh it's on state highway 13 uh by the Wisconsin Dells. It's actually seven miles north of the Wisconsin Dells. And I go in there and there's a nice uh, elderly lady. I shouldn't say elderly because she's probably my age, which makes me elderly. So she wasn't elderly. <laughs> so anyway, she's in there and start talking to her. And, and I thought, I said, so you specialize uh, in uh, for trout fishermen here. Are there some streams around here? She goes, no, we got a couple ponds out back for the kids. And I said, oh, really? I said, yeah, I've, I've, never, I've never actually fished in one of those. But uh, she said, yeah, we got two ponds. And I asked her what kind of trout. And she, they got a little bit of everything. I think they got some brookies and some browns and some rainbows. And one of the ponds, 
they got the smaller under 10 inch ones and then the bigger pond they or one of the other ponds they got the bigger fish maybe up to 14 inches and so you pay accordingly yeah. but uh what you know when i was a kid um tom i used to drive by with dad and i'd see signs for places like that but i never stopped and uh, you know what for kids you know, you might say, well, you know, you're fishing for trout in a barrel, and you are. But if you're just going to take some kids, little kids fishing, she said it's pretty cute. They had some, you know, a little five-year-old girl was there fishing the day before with her dad. Well, I think it's kind of a neat thing. Have you ever actually fished in one of those places? Matter of fact, uh, we did a TV show uh, years ago. There's a place, oh, not too far. It's just north of here, near the town of Waldo. And uh, there's a pay-to-play pay trout ponds, and I think they charge by the pound, you know, so much a pound you catch them. And then, I mean, but it, it, I, I did a show talking about how the people raised them and what they fed them and all those in the water and all, all that stuff, you know. Uh, I wasn't there to catch any, but there were some people there fishing for them, and it was like they, they would put, uh, I don't know, one, they, they fed, feed, fed them these pellets, and they put a pellet on a hook, you throw it out, and there would be a fish on it in a blink of an eye. I mean, <laughs> there was no, uh, uh, what's the it, word it was, I'm looking for? There was no expertise in catching them, let's put it that way. Right. Yeah. Well, I, you know, face it, a little kid just wants to feel a bend yeah, in the exactly, rod. Exactly. And, and so if you were to get like a real light rod, a real wimpy rod that would, you know, really give a good bend, let the kid have some fun, feel a tug. I'm thinking... They probably could just put, I think they used to use corn, I think I heard, a little piece of corn on there, or maybe. Yeah, you could put corn or the pellets that they feed them. Or, uh, but, corn. you know, those kids want to keep catching catching them one after another, and that could get expensive. <laughs> well, well yeah, yeah, right away, old Tom. Yeah. Uh, that's why you never took your kids fishing there. <laughs> No, I took them to regular lakes and caught fish, you know. Well, so. yeah, yeah, I guess if you're lucky enough to have a father who's as good a fisherman as you, yeah, uh, you can they'll, they can lucky. catch some fish. But uh, it still seems kind of it seems kind of like a neat thing. She yeah, said, it would um, be. yeah, it would they, it, and they keep aerators running. So I I asked her, and she said, yeah, they're open all year long. Now, of course, when it's you know blizzard and bitter bitter cold even even though the aerators <clears throat> still keep it open there's still trout in there they don't get people coming out there in the terrible no, weather no. but if there's a warm enough day so yeah, yeah so exactly. if you're looking to take your kids uh, go to b and h trout fishing and bait shop 3640 state highway 13 by the wisconsin dells yeah by the dells and like i said there's there's one like maybe one of our callers would, could tell us the name of the call us at seven nine nine twelve fifty. It's it's up by the town of Waldo. Uh, I can't remember the name of the place though. But anyway, I remember there were a lot of orchards around there, orchard fields, apple fields, and uh, how, how far is Waldo from here? Uh, Waldo, it's not that far. I don't think. I don't think it's more than thirty forty miles. Okay. I, and you I think mean, it's I still? Be, huh? You think it's still open? I don't know. I don't know. It was a long time ago. Like right. I said, maybe one of our listeners knows about it. So, yeah, because we perhaps. have a very well-informed audience. Yes, yes, we need one of. We already learned about our uh, land, Lan Yeager. Lan Yeager. Lan Yeager. No, See, I'm Lan, still... Lan, I think it's Lan Yeager. I think. Lan Yeager. Could, could be Lan Yeager. Well, whatever. Let's not get back onto that again. No. 
No. <laughs> we'll be yakking about that forever. You, you never oh, know. Oh, my goodness. Hey, now, you were going to, when we come back from this break, you said you were going to tell us something else. Uh, you were going to tell us what you were doing this week. Well, I'll, I'll, and whatever. I'll, I'll, do, I'll, I'll do a little bit of that, and uh, right. i got some other hunting stories. All right. So we're, we'll be right back, folks. So, uh, you know, as uh, Larry Smith says every now and then, hang on to your heinies. We'll <laughs> be coming right back with more on those uh, cutting-edge outdoors. So on the highway, welcome back to the Skibber Buds, well, Cutting Edge Outdoors. I'm Dan Bush along with Tommy the True Newbauer. And Tom, can we talk a little deer hunting? Sure, why not? Okay, little deer hunting. Well, as you all know, the season's going to be coming up in two weeks now. And uh, if you haven't done so already, you should get out and sight your firearm in. Um... You know, so it's always a good idea. Now, I know some people don't. In fact, I, I used to be guilty of it. I had an old 3006 pump and had a Bushnell Scope Chief scope. And my dad used to just keep it at his place as I traveled around the world and didn't want to have my rifle with me. And uh, uh, there were some times I said, yeah, take a shot at a tree, make sure it's shooting straight. And there were other times I just, I mean, I didn't adjust that for 20 years and shot it was dead on but you really should sight in uh so a number of places are open right now uh you can check the different uh sport clubs uh one thing if you do go down to mcmiller uh shooters should be aware they used to provide stable guns for you to put your targets up well evidently they're getting kind of cheap down there at mcmiller trying to save a buck so they no longer provide the stable guns for you so you got to either bring your own staple gun or they bring or bring some clips, you know, kind of like those black clips that you would yeah. use in a in a school or a business yeah. to kind of clip a stack of papers together and bring the big ones because uh, the small ones won't fit on the target. So you want to make sure you have those. Otherwise, of course, uh, they're selling them uh, <laughs> at a low rate of. I don't know whatever they're charging, but they're hey. probably making money on the clips now too. Saving yeah. on the staples and making monies on the clips, so it's a, a shrewd business decision down there at McMiller. But uh, as a, far I got a question for you, Danny. Yeah, what shoot. Do you, what do you think about bore sights? You know, when you bore sight a gun. Well, yeah. What you want to do is bore sighting is a great idea because if you they mount a scope. I mean, the thing can be, you know, shooting, you know, two feet to the left or who knows where it's going to be hitting. And you can spend a fortune uh, going through ammo, trying to get on paper and eventually get it on target. So with the bore sight, uh, that works pretty good because they normally put like a laser down the barrel and then they adjust the crosshairs. So the laser that's pointing straight out the barrel hit, it hits the wall and you adjust the crosshairs. So that's going to get you on paper where you're, you're going to spend less time getting it zeroed in because you know it still might be whatever 10 inches out whatever off but yeah it's a good idea nowadays uh you can go to a gunsmith of course and 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 actually if you're getting a new firearm and they're putting a scope on it they'll just normally do that as part of the mounting package um but you can actually buy bore sights uh and do it yourself cheap enough uh, go online to notches shooter supply uh, they got all kinds of shooting stuff. Or go up and see our good friends at Midwestern Shooter Supply. They got everything up there. But, yeah, it's a good idea. You'll save on ammo, which ain't cheap. Yeah, okay. Hey, so, you know what? Speaking of ammo, 
I'm glad you brought that up. Over at Sherpers and Hales Corners, um, they got a they got a bunch of ammo and they got a deal on some ammo. They now have uh, five five six two two three. They got some shotgun shells and they also have nine millimeter in uh, the Luger one fifteen grain and the Hornady self defense in the what is that one thirty five grain or something like that. I forget. So they do have some nine mil ammo. And uh, like I said, and some of the other ones. Well, you know, uh, the nine millimeter and the two two three slash five point five six NATO round. Now the two twenty three and five point five six are are very. It's kind of essentially the same cartridge, but not. You know, like my uh, my uh, Ruger that I have. I've got the. Uh, the carbine, I believe that that can shoot both, but not all firearms can. So you got to be careful. So if yours is a 223, I wouldn't just get 223 ammo for it. But I believe mine is chambered. There's a little bit of difference in the sizing on it, but it's 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 pretty much the sought after caliber because everybody's making those AR platform type uh, rifles on those with the multi round. Uh, clips and so forth and i know that ammo has been hard to come by so i would bet tom that um now that you've mentioned it on the air i would bet that by next week's show saturday you won't have any left on your shelves there at chirpers well funny you should mention that because a couple months ago we got a whole bunch of uh nine millimeter in uh, oh boy there must have been a hundred boxes of you know 20 in a box and we sold we sold out in two days, so I, I'm expecting that something like this might happen again. So, yeah, you'll you'll probably uh, you'll probably have a run on it, and uh, it's been crazy this year um, with the people, you know, with all the unrest in our country and so forth. I mean, people are uh, people are getting nervous and buying fire firearms. In fact, I was talking to a guy at a uh, a gun dealer and he said some guy came in and was buying his first rifle ever and he asked the guy so what are you going to be hunting for your guy goes i'm not hunting mm-hmm. um and it was he was self-defense you know so so now it's going to go even crazier i mean stuff's going to be selling like like nuts so i guess if you're going to have stock or you're going to buy some stock Maybe uh, maybe now's the time to invest in Remington, Remington or something. I don't know, man. Uh, or uh, CCI or uh, oh, speaking of CCI, do you have any 22 long no. rifle ammo there? No, we had that a couple months ago. Had a lot of 22 stuff, but that all went too. So but yeah, no 22 I, uh, now. No, I was well. You you I think didn't you guys used to have the buckets of the Remington where you yeah, guys? Yeah. I got a bucket that I got from you years ago. It's the Remington Golden Bullet Hollow Point. It's a cool-looking bullet. Uh, I have yet to dispatch a Wiley Fox Squirrel with it because I'm still shooting my Winchester, um, Winchester, uh, whatever they are, 555. They're a 36-grain hollow point, which uh, I was able to bust the Fox with that last year, too. Um, but yeah, I still got the golden bullets. You know what I found, Tom? I found at my dad's house when we cleared it out an old brick of Winchester Wildcat 22. Oh, wow, it's a, the Wildcats, yeah. the old Wildcat. Remember, they came in a, a white box, yeah. And uh, yeah, and uh, back when I was a young lad in high school, I did my own form of ballistics testing 
where I took a, uh, a, a Winchester Wildcat, which is a 40 grain lead. I took a Winchester hollow point, which I believe is a 37 grain hollow point. And uh, I took a uh, CCI, which was a 40 grain solid copper plated. And I shot him into a bank at about 40 yards and dug him out of the dirt. And I was trying to check for their expansion. And of course, the hollow point expanded the most the uh, solid copper the least and the lead plain old lead head wildcat kind of in between so for years in missouri i went with those wildcats because i figured they didn't ex they didn't expand as much as a hollow point yet they didn't you know yet they did expand better than a solid copper so they they tended to uh you know do a good job if you hit them hit them in the vitals and put them down uh, but it didn't wreck as much meat as a hollow point. But I'll tell you, uh, it was interesting. I shot several giant fox squirrels in Missouri years ago, and I'd hit them. You know, a lot of guys go, oh, I'm only going to headshots only. Well, I'll tell you what. If you're in the woods where you got thousands of them running around and you can wait till one sits still and you got a perfect rest to make that, quote, perfect headshot, go for it, buddy. But uh, when I hunt for them, you may not see you know, more than five squirrels in a day and you're sneaking along and you're going to, I'll take a shot at the chest just like at a deer. But if you hit a fox squirrel right through the chest, literally through the heart, it's kind of like, like I've seen heart shot deer can just run and drop in their tracks. Several times I've hit a big fox squirrel sitting on a branch and it would run full speed to the end of the branch from this top of a tree and then it would just leap and hit the ground dead. And it was kind of comical. It would do this giant death leap where it would just run, like running off the cliff, whoop, hit the ground dead, solid through the chest. So, yeah, it was kind of interesting. Let me ask you if, uh, you know, last year, and I got I to gotta test it this year, but last year, uh, you know, I never had a problem with my Ruger 1022 jamming, okay? Now, last year I got some CCI 22s. And those were jamming every now and then. So do you, do you think that the different manufacturers of 22s, like if you're using one in your rifle and you got no problems, and all of a sudden you put another one in there, it could be the bullet itself that's jamming? It, it, definitely. You yeah. can find that certain, uh, that certain, especially you have a semi-auto, you can find, and not only with 22 rifles, um, rimfire, you can find that, especially 22, so that certain ones will cycle better than others. Now, um, one thing, if, if you picked up some of the low velocity CCIs, then that's more likely. Uh, oh, and I know oh, these CCI. Were the, these were the high velocity ones. Yeah. High velocity ones, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's it could be. You know, the other thing, too, I think, Tom, now CCI is normally pretty known as high quality. Some right. of the cheaper, even like those Remington Golden Bullets or even some of the cheaper Winchester, like uh, they've, I've got them in the box where it's 555, you get 555 of them or 777. Uh, those are actually even a little bit cheaper than their Super Rex hollow points. Um, if you do get one of the bargain bulk ones, yeah, it, 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 they can be worse. And the other thing, too, you might just get a bad lot. You know, you may be there, that particular lot of ammo, maybe you could buy the same name brand, you know, now, and it would work fine, but maybe you just got a bad batch. I don't know. Well, I'm going to have to check that out. I should have done that already, 
but I'm going to have to check. This would have been perfect weather for checking it out. I, matter of fact, that might gives me an idea what I should do this weekend. Sure, yeah. So, well, yeah. yeah. Don't do this at home, folks. Don't even think oh. about going in your basement and start like, putting up a catalogs and start shooting, have them bouncing off the yeah. wall like Tom Neubauer. You remember when I did my testing, my ballistic testing on the yeah. hollow points and lead yeah. and all that? Oh, yeah, that right was... down in the basement. I can't no. do that now. No, I'll, you know I'll use the air... I'll use the air rifle at the bush firing range. Range is hot, but I will not use a 22. And uh, the other thing, too, you ought to do, Tom, though, is uh, take that uh, take that uh, semi-auto and clean it real good, too. That might uh, that might help yeah, you with well, the problem. Yeah, well, I have done that. So, but, you know, I can't do the test down in the, down in the basement anymore because my, since my wife retired, uh, she'd be home and she wouldn't... Uh, she wouldn't like that if she heard me going, you know, firing off the few rounds downstairs. So. Oh yeah, now the truth comes out. Your wife never even knew that sneaky Tom oh, was uh, shooting a twenty-two. Well, at least you weren't having any strange women over while she was at work. So yeah. I guess there's a trade-off there. <laughs> yeah, that's the bright spot. There you go. Or, hey, listen. Or, because... or you could do both. Have a strange woman you're having an affair with that you shoot with in the basement at the same time. There you go. Hey, you really would have had your cake and ate it too, then, Tom. Uh, well, listen, talking about cake and eating it, too, we got to do one last commercial break. One last commercial break, We got, and then we got one more segment to go, folks. So if you got any questions or comments, this is the last chance you got for calling us at 414-799-1250 or emailing us live at ceoguys at yahoo.com. We're 1250 AM, the fan. We'll be right back with more. Welcome back to the Cutting Edge Outdoors. And, Tom, uh, were we going to do the football picking contest today? No, because the Packers went and played on Thursday. Oh. Uh, so no yeah, football so... picking contest this day. Oh, okay, I get it. So they won't play this Sunday. They'll play right. the following Sunday. Right. So we'll do it. We'll do it again count. next week. Yeah, okay, all right. But that doesn't okay. mean you can't go out to Curly's Waterfront Pub. <laughs> no, no, that's Curly's. Uh, they have the French fries that Tom loves. Uh, Curly's Waterfront Pub has great pizza as well. A uh, lot of great places here in town. You got Park Avenue Pizza. I had some, uh, had a big old burger there. They got an Intimidator burger that I like. And uh, so, yeah, lots of great places to go around town. Uh, Pewaukee, get some food. Um, let's see, a couple of things, Tom. Did I talk about some of my new apps on my on my phone? Uh, no, but you didn't tell us yet what you were doing this week. You were building something or helping a farmer with something. Yeah, yeah, I helped. Uh, I helped help build a stand. He had uh, it, it was a couple day project and used a bunch of old lumber and some wood and stuff and uh, and uh, and then an old roof and actually had to use a a bobcat of all things haul a bobcat down out into the into the woods and and then take the bobcat and put these skids on and lift the doggone stand up onto a platform and it it was a lot of work tom and i wasn't never you know as a teacher not a carpenter but i'll tell you what i'm i'm learning how to swing a hammer um pretty good there but uh how, anyway how, what I, how I, big was that platform uh the the platform stood about uh, I don't know, four, 
four feet high and it was a bunch of big posts and stuff and it was level but let me tell you it was like a small garage we set up <laughs> and nowadays as you drive as you drive around um as you drive around you're going to see in fact when i was driving up north this you know all through wisconsin wherever you go you're going to see new new deer stands uh out in the woods you know or on the fields a lot of guys got them in fields elevated ones um now they're also selling these self-enclosed i don't know if you've seen them tom they're kind of like the plastic they're or the, it looks like they're made out of plastic and they got sliding windows and they're you know it's like a big giant uh gallon you know big giant drum shape basically circular yeah, uh, like uh like uh like the farmers have uh, holding uh, grain, like a silo. Yeah, yeah, it, and they're part of a but silo. Th- but dude, those aren't cheap. Over a thousand dollars. I'm I'm looking at. Uh, you know, you'll see them. And but I guess if you're gonna spend the money once, I mean, you wouldn't have to work on building something. I'll tell you, I would rather just buy one of those than try and go through the work of building one. But if you can put it, you know, some of these guys, they probably got some of these guys got stands that it's probably deluxe you know what i mean it's like an ice shanty um where they you know they're just up there it's not like the old days when dad would find a spot for me and he'd say uh uh, knock the snow off this stump here and sit here for you know 18 hours and if your toes start to freeze wiggle your toes in your boots and uh oh here's half a candy bar i'll i'll see you tomorrow (laughs) um and then the other thing is you know, they used to have those. They still sell them, those hot seats. Did you ever yeah, have a yeah, hot seat? Sure. Yeah. yeah. I never was going to use a hot seat. You always look like a dork. Some guys would have them strapped to the back of their, by their arse, where they're walking around with the hot seat bouncing off their butt. I always thought, eh, that looks like you're just. They really some... work, though. They, uh, you had one, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. they really yeah. work. Yeah, you look like a softy, yeah, man. You yeah, look like a, like a nimrod. Goofy. I might have looked goofy, but my butt was warm. Yeah, but there's okay, but there's yeah. one problem with that, Danny. What what's that? When, when you're sitting on one of those and your butt is warm, it makes you want to have to go to the bathroom more often. <laughs> that was not good. <laughs> what? what? I'm serious. Yeah. So yeah. like, if you put a baby in a warm bath, they're gonna want to poop. Uh, they, no, they pee. They pee? Oh yeah. Well, that pee. I knew. Yeah. They now that now that I air. think about it, I guess I kind of. I know that about with the old physiology about the natural reaction. That's why you should never go in a whirlpool at a motel or at a health club. There was a, you know, you get all these uh, elderly people. Matter of fact, when I managed a club in Green Bay, the health health inspector would come in. He was a real nice guy. And he used to call a whirlpool, he called them whiz pools. And he said to me, he said, he said, you know all those old ladies that go into your whirlpool? I said, yeah. He goes, do you think they bother getting out and <laughs> walking to the bathroom when they're soaking in there? Oh, I just kind of looked at him. He says, yeah, now you know what I'm talking about. So, well, yeah. I'm not going to mention any names, but in in uh, north of, of Milwaukee, there's a place where it's uh, a love nest, you might say. They, they want couples to come up, you know, for... Uh, uh, honeymoon weekend or whatever. Anyway, and they've got uh, hot tubs in those rooms. Yeah, we know what those people are doing in those hot tubs. That's why I would never go in one of those hot tubs. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, you, you could talk to our friend 
Dave Olson, he could tell you more. He heard, he had a story about what, what swingers will rent those whole motels. They'll just rent it for a whole group and oh have boy. like a weekend. Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh well, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't even know if I want to hear about that. I... Yeah. No, no, no. I don't want to hear about that. So I never got to talk about my new apps on my phone, which help oh. with hunting, but we've only got a minute left. Well, so I guess that will have to wait till next week, Tom. Yeah, well, we got that and plenty more coming up. So uh, that's all I got for right now. That's all I got, Tom. To all the listeners, thanks for listening. And God bless and stay free, everyone. You've been listening to the Cutting Edge Outdoors. We'll talk to you all next week, my friends. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.